Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Pub Meeple Podcast. I'm Gary. I'm Proper Brian. I'm Chuck. <laughs> just kidding. Chuck's <laughs> no, not. not here. I'm just Brian. And we're, we're missing... We're missing Chuck. It's almost like I, I, I've, I'm missing an arm. Yeah, That's weird. It, it, I, I don't I know why I said that. Yeah, I miss, I miss, uh, <laughs> I miss not having Chuck. He had, he had some stuff. He couldn't be here today, but I, I still think we had a good conversation about game endings. Uh, game games, endings. Game uh, seven. Game triggering yes. uh, mechanics or um, scoring uh, mechanics. Yeah, no, th- I think we have a great episode coming up, and. Um, we we got to talk a lot about. I mean, obviously, we talked about our brews and specifically. Oh man, I think the bourbon barrel aged winter warmer uh, got kind of yeah, kind well, of a uh, was the theme of the podcast. That guy kind of got passed around with the table. Eclipse. Yeah, Eclipse. Yeah, as if as if we were flying ships and simultaneously drinking bourbon barrel aged winter. Warmer. Uh, which not recommended. Don't do so this. So if, you like, no, if you like beer and Eclipse, this will be a good one. This will be a great one. All right, guys, well, let's go ahead and get to the conversation. Stay tuned for the Pub People Podcast. Okay, guys, uh, before we talk about some games, let's uh, go ahead and talk about our brews. Uh, what are you drinking there, uh, Proper Brian? Tonight, I've, uh, of course, I've got coffee again. I need to break this streak. It's what I have laying around the house, and so it's what I bring. You don't have to say that like you're sad about it. Like it's You've had some really good coffee. You've I've had some, got I've, a couple of your recommendations. Yeah, this, this one's probably the most boring one that I've, that I've brought. It's, it's just a Starbucks house blend, but it's good anyway because it's coffee. So instead of talking about the coffee this time, I'll, I'll talk about the creamer that I put in my coffee. We use the Natural Bliss uh, creamer. Uh, it's very simply cream and sugar. That's it. It's just, it's not like a homogenized, weird uh, concoction of ingredients. It's very simply cream and sugar, and that's it, and I really like it. I got that after uh, having uh, had it at your house one time at a game night. You gave me some coffee, and uh, I really like that creamer. I've gotten a couple times since. So, so sometimes the creamer does make the coffee, and in this case, um, I mean, Starbucks has pretty good coffee, but, you know, uh, the creamer in this case is is, is uh, shiny. I have so. an affinity for a gas station hazelnut creamer <laughs> whatever it is they use at the gas station i can't find it anywhere else oh man you know, like i go in there and I, I go to get my coffee and i get my you know, I, I have the cup and there's no hazelnut i make sure the clerk watches me as i pour it out in the soda machine you know like i don't want this you don't have hazelnut what kind of operation are you running here you know is that a glenn levitt that you get brought again gary yeah yeah a-, I, a friend of mine had actually bought me a just a little he, he was traveling and he couldn't he didn't have much room but he brought me a little sample of um their Founders Reserve, and I've never had it before. So this is, it's like an experimental one, and it's pretty tasty so far. I've already had I a imagine, couple sips. I imagine. Can't, uh, can't a little uh, bit, slight you for bringing the scotch. No, there's some more here if you want some. Mm, so. No, I, I'm interested in what you have because well, I yeah, know what, what this, about is, tasty. this yeah, is tasty. Yeah, it's the Rar and Sons Bourbon Barrel Aged Winter Warmer. This Last year, this was one of my favorites of oh, all yeah. time. Uh, this year, it's probably my top five. It's gone down a little bit, but um, it's, it's a fantastic... Oh. Kind of in, still in the still in the uh, theme of Belgian ales and that kind of thing, but it's got the uh, it's it's really dark bourbon aged barrel well, yum around, yum. Around this time of year, this is when I like to do things that say, "Hey, winter's coming" or "Fall is coming." So, mm. uh, you know, because I really enjoy the fall and winter, and so it, it's one of those things. I'm like, "Well, bring it on!" I'll go ahead and grow my beard out and stuff like that to say, yeah. "Hey, welcome, welcome, fall and winter." Yes, and, and let's get out of this heat. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about a few games we've been playing, guys. Um, I, I want to start. I yeah, want to yeah, start. start. Hey, why don't you start? I want to start. Just Brian? Jump Usually on it. it's like looking at one another. Who wants to do this? No. I finally got to play Eclipse. And I know you're thinking to yourself, you call yourself a board gamer. You haven't played something that has been established. No, I haven't. Don't judge me. No, but it's great. And it's fantastic. It was uh, It was probably my favorite gaming experience in the last um, at least half year last six months or so eclipse was amazing got to play it with proper brian eclipse is one of my favorite games it it always ranks really highly in my in my top games um like in the top five at least um yeah if you don't know what eclipse is it's it's a 4x um type space game and I, i say 4x type because it kind of I guess kind of leans more towards the Euro end of the of that genre. Sure, it's a good mix. Yeah, and it's, um, it's a really good mix. In fact, maybe one of the at least one of the four uh, front runners of that kind of hybrid Euro mm-hmm. Amerithrash kind of kind of mixture that we're starting to see more and more of now. 
And so many of you have played it. You're, you're probably nodding your heads or thinking I'm butchering the, the description. But those of you who haven't played it, I think that's a pretty good um, at least intro to I – mean, there's so much going on in the game. You can't just like – there's not like a one-sentence statement to, to say what it is, as there is in a lot of 4X games. But I was really excited about it. We got our game done in less than two hours. The, the, it looks like a lot is going on in the game. You spread it out. It's got so much real estate, and there's got so many working cogs in the game. But it's so intuitive that uh, it didn't ever feel overwhelming despite all the pieces on the board and everything going on. It always, it always felt like I knew what was going on and I had control over what, what was happening uh, yeah. insofar as my turn. I feel like everything is so, like all the mechanisms in the game are so interconnected. You have these action discs you're using to take actions, but they also uh, affect you know your economy. And like the, so the more actions you take, the more areas you control on the board with them, uh, the more expensive... Uh, it becomes for you to, to operate your empire, you know, and uh, so there's that aspect of that little disc serves multiple functions in multiple places in the game. So you have that kind of streamlined, simple mechanism, um, but then you also have, you know, these giant spaceships roaming around the galaxy and throwing chunking dice to see who wins. And so, it, but it melds those two things mm-hmm. so well that oh man, uh, it's just it's a tasty treat every cool. time it comes out. Gary's played just, this before. I've played it with actually played it with proper Brian. He came over and played it with myself and my kids. I play that game any chance I can get. And, um, so. Me what too. What I was really now. impressed with what I was really impressed with the game is, is how tight the design is. Like something Brian was talking about about how um, the cost of running your empire ramps up the bigger it gets but there's no really accounting you have to do with that because it's built into the system that as you take disc off well then they uncover a, a cost well so i'm not having to sit there and, and, and do like a, a lot of end end of round accounting or is you know there's a lot going on but like it's not too mathy you can look down at your board and see all the all the info you need in order to make your next decision can i afford this because you can look at that and see your income really quick and a quick calculation says no, that's not going to work. So, I mean, I, I just I feel like the game is is kind of perfect where it's at. Like it's 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 a very tight design. It's it's well done. It melds, like you said, a lot, like it's almost like it, it melds a lot of Euro elements in with what you would call it, the thematic or, or, or Meritrash, Marathrash, however you want to want to call that. Feels like we're always apologizing for yeah. those terms. I, I really, well, it seems like those terms get thrown out. Like, I, I, yeah, they do. It, it just, it, it kind of moves beyond that whole paradigm, and just says, "I'm, I'm just a really, really good game." What about you, Gary? What have you, what have you played well, lately? I, the things that, that come to mind that I, um, well, the first thing I'll mention is uh, the three of us actually uh, got a good game of Tricurion in. Um, we were trying to, I was trying to learn the rules of that game, and we got one thing wrong. I think we st- we had to, we had to look up a couple things. Yeah. But overall, it was it was pretty fairly smooth. Yeah. Um, we got we got a the really one thing we got wrong wasn't even even in two game breaking. I can't remember what it was. At this yeah. Point. It, well, because we I think it was had to do with the bonuses with the uh, doing the tricks. That's right. For the tricks. That's but right. since no one got those bonuses, it wasn't like it altered. Yeah. Who won because we all were missing those bonuses. Right. I guess briefly to explain to carry on your um, these apprentice magicians and you're trying to outdo one another in order to uh, be the best and, and gain the favor of this. Uh, and this is this is in the age of illusionists. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of magic, like not not a Harry Potter, but yeah, but um, more like, like stage pulling, magic. Yeah. yeah stage magic. Rabbit out of the hat this, that kind this of Dalgar, this guy's Dalgard, who was this famous magician. He disappeared. Now he may be back, and we're trying to impress him. You know, there's some work replacement elements in there. Um, there's almost like a, almost like it's kind of like a mini game or mini tile placement. You know, with the way you you perform your tricks, you can kind of link tricks together. They can have a synergy, but not just with your own tricks. You could have a synergy with another player, and yeah, right. like so. You know, maybe that's more uh, of a performance a performance yeah. synergy. Yeah, performance that. synergy, and, and so yeah, you, you're giving that other player a bonus, but you're also getting a pretty sweet bonus. And then if you're the one who actually triggers that performance for that night, um, you get the bigger bonus. Right. Um, and so, so there's, there's a lot of interlocking mechanisms, especially with performing of the tricks. But I really like the game. I need a few more plays to kind of fully kind of feel like I, I can form a good opinion on the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure where it stands. I mean, I, I want to say where I'm, where I'm at right now. I mean, I don't think it's, it's top 10 material, but it's definitely a good game that I want to have on my shelf. The theme's great. Some of the mechanisms in there were pretty unique. And what do you guys think about it? So when we played it, we got about you know a, a third of the way into the game, and I had some serious reservations about it. I don't like games 
very much the, where I don't where I get to the end of the game and I feel like I haven't done anything. I, you know, it's like the the I guess the motion in the game, like the the amount of progress you make in the game, is seems really small. Feels small. Feels so tiny and incremental uh, that I just don't feel like I've done anything. And so we we were getting you know into the game and I was like, this is feeling like that to me. This is um, I feel like I you know on every round I'm not accomplishing much. But by the end of the game that opinion completely changed um it's not that i accomplished a whole lot in the game but you know i, I think i performed maybe th three times out of the five rounds yeah. so going into it i was thinking oh you know magic doing performances you know a lot and doing lots of different tricks but it's like i had you know a stable of about two <laughs> two tricks um and performed like three uh three times but even with just that little bit of progress forward by the end of the game i was still very satisfied um um, I really, I liked it a lot. I want to play it again. What about you? I think I agree with, with the last thing Gary said is we just need to play it again. And yeah. I think that's really what it came down to. I felt like I had a pretty good handle on the game, especially towards the end. Um, I will say that either our understanding of how to put on the performances was, and I, I feel like we, we understood it as well as we could because two of us had read the rule book and we had gone over everything before we started playing. But it just still didn't quite seem to make sense until after we were finished playing. And then I could start to see how everything started meshing together. So yeah. it almost took that first play with three guys who's never played before. So so kind of going forward, teaching that, that's something that I would want to come out more in a, in a way that I don't feel like the rules really kind of solidified uh, for us as clearly. That, that, like, say, let's do a sample uh, sample performance, maybe. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think almost the way we, we kind of showcase Great Western Trail in our in our How to Teach video, I think I would want to teach new players and, and even start um, with a reminder of us mm -hmm. how the actual trick performance went, the night you do the tricks. And, and you can tie in some themes that didn't quite seem to make sense, like how come the headliners making money while all of us are performing tricks, but we don't make the same cash. And, and, and kind of figuring out how you might tie that in thematically, because the theme does help how you remember rules a lot oh, of times yeah. if you can make, make that thematic tie-in. But um, that's the only thing that kind of felt a little janky to me. But now looking back on it after we played and after we went back to the rule book, I, I really need another play of it to really, yeah. while I understand that particular phase, because that's the most important phase of the game, oh, and yeah. I feel like it's the phase that yeah. was the most confusing. Yeah, and you only get into that phase, you know, in the first round of the game, almost nobody will get into that yeah. phase at all. And so there's there's no uh, point of reference, especially for new players trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing? Whereas, you know, like you said with Great Western Trail, like the big part of that game that's so important is Kansas City and, right. and, and that scoring section of the game and so if you kind of understand what's happening there then you better informs like the decisions you make along the trail right. the same thing with your carry on you're knowing how to do the performance is going to inform uh your decisions and like you know this the materials you get and the th and things like that that you need to, to so do i think things. i will i think i will enjoy the game a lot i thought it was fine when we played it i think i will enjoy it a lot more the next time yeah. we play it because i understand that 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 element a lot better now i gotta say this the aesthetic of the game the aesthetic is is super oh yeah we gotta right. talk oh, about that oh wow yeah. yes let's not yeah about if that we're part, just yeah. judging the game on on just like hey art components i gotta I mean, say mind mind clash games is knocking it out of the park oh yeah like it like i just recently picked up anachrony um hadn't played it yet really want to um but like the look and feel of their games is is off the charts in my opinion. Gary showed us the kind of the compendium. There's there's a lot to the game. Each player has a, a breakdown of every trick in in yeah. the book. I mean so everybody gets see, their own brochure. It's crazy. If someone picks a trick, it's not like you, you have to ask to see that card. You have like a little player's book. And then the back of the book it's got like some tips. It's got a breakdown of all the powers. If you use the expansion that has like these optional kind of player powers. I mean right there at your fingertips is probably one of the best players I've ever seen. Now, what uh, what else have you been playing, Proper Brian? So the game I want to talk about is a smaller game, or well, a shorter game, I guess, and it's, and it's a tiny little box. And uh, it's gotten a lot of buzz recently, um, but I want to talk about it anyway. It's called Unlock. It's a it's an escape room in a box game where uh, you and up to uh, three other people, so four players, can attempt to solve puzzles and figure out how to escape out of the room. I mean, there's there's actually multiple rooms in in it um it's it's not like you're contained in a single room but it plays through a, a deck of cards and each card 
um, has, uh, you know, either it represents an area that you're exploring or it represents items you've found and um, you're having to combine these cards in different ways. The game also plays or has an app that comes that you that you download to, to that runs the game for you. Um, so it has a 60 minute timer on it. So you're you're going to play at uh, the most 60 minutes. Um, so it's a, it's a really quick game. The app also does things like it allows you to solve puzzles like code puzzle kind of things. It allows you to uh, get audio clips and things like that. Uh, so it makes it immersive and interesting and fun. And the 60-minute clock uh, sounds like a lot, but uh, our play, it came down to the wire. Like we, really? had, we had one decision left to make. And if uh, we made it wrong, it would be it. It'd be, we'd be done and we would have failed but we made the right decision and so it was kind of like this stand up cool. and cheer around the table moment really fun game this doesn't bother me but it is a one and done kind of game so you finish it and you know you can pass it off to someone else uh, but you're done playing it uh, i guess the good news is is they cost they cost about 12 bucks oh so. so it's not a, I mean, that's, that's like one movie ticket and, you know, four of us sat around a table and had a blast for an hour. So well worth it. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't care that I can't play it again. Uh, I'm, I'm excited well, to you, hand it off to someone else. You, you can hand, you can hand it off to one of us. Yeah. So, I know, I'd love um, to. I think I'd actually let you try that out. Pub Meeple thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one, one game, uh, I know we've talked about quite a few games, but one game I did want to bring up cause I know. I'd had it for a while, and it was one of those games where I was like, guys, you want to play this game with me? I finally got to play with my son, uh, Haskpelk Necked, the story of early coal mining. It's by Thomas Spitzer. Was it a part of a trilogy? Yeah, it was actually the third part of the, his coal mining trilogy. It sounds like the most boring trilogy ever. Yeah. but That's because he did it really, with a German if, if accent. Euro, yeah, if, well, if you're, if you're into Euro games, they're, they're – like they're they're pretty popular and they're the hard. To, they're trilogy? harder to get. Yeah, come on. The first one, the first one, I can't even say it. There was like Russia farts or something like that. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. Watch your language. But uh, it had some dates. This is a PG rated podcast. <laughs> Capstone Games uh, has actually just reprinted it. It's it's high on my list right now. They've just renamed it to the Rur. Chronologically, Haspelnet comes first. It's about early coal mining. The Rur deals with sending it down the river and all the um, logistics of getting it to where it's going to go and, and in good quality. And then after that, I guess Colon Colony has to do more with, like, oh, that, there you go. Wait, 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 let's do it again. Hasselknecht. See, I, yeah, I yeah, totally can't say, say that. Thank but, you, uh, technology. And I, to be honest, I don't know a whole as much about Colon Colony, but um, I'll just as a quick aside, I'm, I'm becoming a huge Capstone fan. I pretty much want their whole catalog. Um, yeah. if, you, if you like Euro games and you want all those games that you see uh, your friends importing from Germany, yeah, wait, because Capstone's probably going to bring them over. They're they're doing a phenomenal job. Um, Definitely a company to watch. Oh yeah, sure. um, a publisher. To yeah, a publisher to watch. They trying to think. Oh, and they recently brought in the climbers. They they started bringing in some lighter, oh, some yeah. lighter games. And that one, that one, I gotta have that one. I've heard a lot of really good things about that one too. You're gonna have to buy all these games so I can play them, Gary. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I would love to buy them, but we'll, we'll see. If You're gonna have to buy them. all these games so we can look at them on your shelf, Gary. Yeah, there you go. That's more accurate. <laughs> I run home with these games, and I'm like, I'm so excited. And then I find a space on the shelf. I'm like, I'll see you in three months. Hey, before we get into our main topic tonight, can I just say, can I, can I revisit the Rar and Sons Bourbon Barrel Age Winter Warmer? It's a delicious. Revisit that all you want. It's a delicious Is this a re-review? No, it's not a re Well, I said last year it was like my number one, and then I kind of made a statement as if, anyway... As we've been talking about games, it's slowly been creeping back up to that number one, like kind of unnoticed. I like turned around and looked, and it happened to be pretty close to my number one again. I I will say you this. turned around right now and saw that. Yes, I did. It was well. I saw the big flashing number one on <laughs> top of the bottle. How did that get there? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we, hey, you know what you should do? Me and me and the the the, the bourbon barrel. You have should been you should put your beers into our ranking engine and uh, rank them and see which one comes out on top. Oh, that's right, especially with the new enhancements to the ranking engine. That is to come. Oh, that's yeah. to come. Uh, spoilers. I don't oh. know if we were releasing that. Are we are we yeah, approved yeah, of talking yeah. about that it, yet? Yeah. So the, the we we're clear the, to talk about it. This, the you got post all the is coming out tomorrow about it, but we've already pushed the. By the time you hear this, it would be yeah. old news because yeah. tomorrow is late is is in the past for our listeners. Right. So we yeah. So briefly, I hate to steal the thunder from your beer uh, love, 
but <laughs> so, beer, um, comma love yeah. or beer love? Beer love. <laughs> okay. okay. Beer dash love. Okay. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very important. So if you don't know, on our site we have something we call the board game ranking engine. It allows you to put in a list of games. Uh, it presents two of them at a time for you to choose between them. And then at the at the end of a bunch of comparisons, depending on how long your list is, it will spit out a you know your games ranked uh, from one to however many. We've gotten a lot of feedback, a lot of really good feedback, and the the feedback we got most uh, was people want an undo button, which is completely understandable, and that's there now. So if you make a choice that you want to undo, feel free to hit the button and undo it. Uh, we also added delete functionality so that if you're ranking games and you come across one, you're like, I have no idea why this is on my list. You can just knock it out of the list. So those are the two big, big ones. Yeah, um, that's a big one. That last one, I think it was one of the most requested, was it not? Yeah. Yeah. Both of those were, were the two highly, two most highly requested features. So we'll say uh, this, this ranking engine is the kind of thing that I've been playing with it, but I haven't done my top 100 again. Because it's the kind of thing that I want to spend. Uh, I want to spend a little bit of time, mm-hmm. and, and I will say this is, is a disclaimer: it, if you have a large collection, I mean, it should be kind of common sense. But if you've got a large collection, it is going to take a while to go through it. Yeah, this is, I've this only is done our my disclaimer. top thirty. I've yeah. only done my top thirty. Yeah, if it, you if you yeah. do a top one hundred, it does take a while. But you kind of expect a top one hundred to take a while. It's a hundred games, and then you've got like. You're not you know. counting to a hundred. You're comparing a no. hundred games, yeah. which is you've a, got a lot more hundreds than of just, Yeah. And, and, yeah, it's a lot more than 100. But it's kind of fun. It's the kind of thing, it's like, very fun. the times I've done it, I just sit there with a beer and, like, or, you know, just hang out in the evening and, like, you know, after the kids go to bed, I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, Agricola, always, what's, always Agricola, what always Agricola. <laughs> what, what I, what's true for us, we've seen is true for a lot of people with this ranking engine, too, which is sometimes it gives you a different list than what you might expect. It seems like it's a more honest list in that way because some of the results – doesn't feel like it's as bi- I mean it's all bias you're, you're you're talking about what you like the most mm-hmm. but it just feels like it gives a little bit of subjectivity probably like a one like kind of a little bit of separation between you and maybe some nostalgia you know possibly but of course it really depends on how you rank them I used it the other day to rank my <laughs> my calling list actually to see what would go next so that's oh, really smart oh nice and so all the games that I'm like ah these are probably on the on the chopping block I've stuck them all in there and just went through it and I mean there's not a whole lot but it gave me a, a little bit of direction as to okay I should I should probably go ahead and get yep. rid of this which one, one you want to get rid of first that's, a, that's yeah. a pretty yeah. good utility I didn't think about uh, ranking them as, as for a call list So today we're going to talk about game endings, and we're going to discuss both game like end scoring mechanisms, and then um, like the or in game conditions. In game yeah. conditions, you know what triggers the end game, and you know everyone, you know, adds up all the points, or checks their territories, their cards, whatever that may be. I don't know. I mean, who would would either one of you really care to sure. start us off? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll say a, a brief little something. I think this is really important. I mean, as far as board games go. Like, the way a game ends, the way it kind of caps itself off, has a big impact for me on how my enjoyment of that game. I mean, sure, the, the rest of the game, the way it begins and the, all the things going into the, you know, the, the meat of the, the playtime are good, but if it ends and, and there's just something off about, like, it just feels anticlimactic or it, it, it feels, it, you know, something like that where it just doesn't connect with the rest of the game, it can color my opinion of that game, and so... It's a very important part for a designer to think about. You can have all the great mechanics and all the great theme in there, but then if, if the ending falls flat, it, you know, it becomes a mediocre game. So I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our favorite game ends, like whether that's a game ending condition, a scoring uh, way of scoring or whatever that is. We can talk about our favorites in that. And then I think we might want to also discuss some of the things that we don't like as much. So Yes. Uh, uh, just Brian, do you want to... Do you want to start? I'll start. I'll start. And, and so starting with, for for games... For, let me you seem to be having game. a hard time with this one. Yeah, well, I was having a hard time with English. <laughs> that was the problem. Oh. And I'm, and and I'm going to blame Bourbon Barrel Winter Aged Warmer for that. Um, that seems Available to be f- at your local store. <laughs> <laughs> local store, grocery store. No, okay. So we'll start with 
a game in that I like. I think we should go maybe maybe something yeah. talk about all start, that we start with like. The I like starting with the positives, um, and that way we get to the drama later. But I'm a little embarrassed. I'm glad that Shuck's not here, to be honest, about this one because um, <laughs> you guys are going to razz me a little bit on this, and he would probably yeah, really enjoy the this the most, uh, being that I, I give him the hardest time. If I had to think of something that I thought was really innovative or something that I, I really liked a lot, it's a, it's a game that I have previously really burned really hard on a previous podcast. <laughs> yeah, very publicly. Very publicly. As as I'm not apologizing. By the way, public. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm not backing up. All right, let me just be clear. Um, we were. I was speaking a little bit in hyperbole because it was funny, um, but it was also true. I still think that Lords of Zidit is a terrible game. And <laughs> as a whole, I don't like Lords of Zidit. So I'm not backing up on that. I'm not going to defend the game. But, but I went back and read my review um, of that game after the podcast, and I realized that there were elements of the game I still liked. It didn't redeem the game, uh, per se, but there are pieces of that game that are not only good, they're really good. But as a whole, the game still fell really flat. Okay, so with that out of the way, and, and I'm, <laughs> you guys can make fun of me all you want, the game ending on that game is really cool. I mean, it's a really cool game ending thing, and so and what they do. But you have to make it through the rest of the you game. You have to make it through the whole game. That's why it doesn't redeem itself because it's still not a great game. Um, and and every time you talk about that game, that's usually what people bring up. People who are are kind of evangelizing that game, they say the end scoring is is innovative. It's great. It's new. Well, it is. And here's how it works. So it's an elimination style um, scoring, but but of course it's not a you're not eliminated in the game. It's all in game scoring. So if that makes sense, you, you play the whole game, even if you don't want to play the whole game. You're still playing it, and you can't get away from the table no matter how bad you want to, all right? But at the very end of the game, <laughs> there's, there's three tiers of scoring, and, and it's, it's, uh, each game can be different as to which one comes first, second, and third. But what happens is if you place last on the first scoring condition, you're eliminated from all considerations of winning. Even if you scored first on the third and final yeah. scoring condition you you've already kind of been eliminated before you got to that so so if you score last on the first tier you're eliminated if you score and then remove that guy he has to leave the building and then whoever's out of the, the it's in pool the that's left yeah out of the pool that's yeah. left whoever is last for the second condition is then eliminated from the final consideration and then from that one whoever is first from the from the final consideration of who is left is is finally the victor and i wish that was in another game i really really, really? do yes i really wish that was in another game you can't ignore any one of the tiers you can't just say well i'm just going for the big win and just going for that third tier because you'll be eliminated before you get, even get there I, I i would be really excited if that was actually in a good game uh-huh. No, I I absolutely totally agree with you. That was the the thing about that Gary game. That looks I was, like he disagrees over there. I, was, I want to hear about what you how you disagree. I was excited about let, that. Let Proper Brian finish. No, no, that's okay. I'm. That's the thing I was excited about about Lords of Zid. It was, uh, and then the rest of the game happened. I just <laughs> I I felt. Like I'm not the, saying it made up for the game. Just no, no, the in-game I, score. Okay. I, I, I'm just talking about as an in-game scoring mechanic. I get where you're coming from, but just for me. It, it, and maybe I can't fully divorce that from from the game, the <laughs> the experience I had to very go traumatizing, to get right? No, it just <laughs> doesn't wash the bad taste out of your mouth. I'll say this: it's like, while I agree on your one point that it means that you have to have a balanced strategy, right? You can't focus on any of those, just one thing to the exclusion of the others. I also just hate it. Just. Do you think there's no there wouldn't be a good way to build a strategy yeah. around the end game? Is that what that, you're? That's what I'm getting. At. And then it was a little anticlimactic to get to the end. And like, I did really well in these one categories. I just couldn't make it up in this other one, and I came in last in that first one. But maybe I did really well in the other two, and for whatever reason, I just I just couldn't get this. And now I'm out. To me, it just felt like <laughs> unsatisfying end to an unsatisfying experience. Oh wow, me. yeah. So so I mean, and not to diss your thoughts, I get where you're coming from. I just. Maybe just for for me, not my. Well, thing. and that's just it. Like like so, I guess I'm imagining. I, when we when we came up with this topic, I thought to myself, well, I can talk about any number of in game scoring, can, but this is the the only one I've seen that's really different from others. That that really intrigued. That really, in, but it also intrigued me. Not just that it's different, but I find it very intriguing. Now, have it 
let's imagine a world where this is on a good game. It may have ruined the game for us. Is that that, that might be what your point is? I think that maybe that's where it, I'm going. It may be that we played this game, and this was the point that we really didn't like because of what you're talking about. Because for all intents and purposes, I did two out of three. I did better than everyone else, yeah. but I still lost the game, and that doesn't feel good. So, yeah. so maybe it's not the best. But I, man, it just looked super yeah. cool oh. on paper, and and that was even after the the game. We went through the drudgery of the game, and we started going to the scoring. I was still excited to see how that was going to work. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember being intrigued by it. Uh, I mean, you know, wanted to see how that worked. Now he's being nice. He just no, no, I, I was so disappointed. <laughs> but when we were coming to it, I was like, let me see how this is going to work. And I was like, yeah, this is like, – it, Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm tr- I, I can see where you're coming from with that one. So, so Proper Brian, what, what's, what's a mechanic or, or an end game? So, a condition that you really like. So a game ending I really enjoy is a is an objective based uh, game end condition. And so to give an example of that, you like really clearly is you can see it in Scythe, where uh, you have all these different objectives you can try to complete in the game. And when someone completes their sixth thing and places that sixth star, the game ends immediately. I I really like in that style of game ending that it's like you can gauge kind of when the end is coming, but you don't know exactly when. And so it makes min-maxing a little harder. It makes people play as if they have another turn because they just might. And um, I really enjoy that. To me, that I hate to get into my the one I don't like already, but um, I'm going to. So it's the opposite of that where you know exactly when the game is going to end. And so the last round of the game takes you know way longer than the rest of it because everyone is trying to figure out exactly how to get to squeeze all the points out of their last move that they can and some people might enjoy that i don't and here's the thing i enjoy some games that do that i enjoy lords of Waterdeep. Uh, it has a definite ending in the number of rounds uh, i enjoy eclipse a lot we just talked about that it has a definite ending in the number of rounds and so it doesn't it doesn't destroy those games for me at all but it destroys the immersion a little bit that I have with those games. Yeah. And that's one of the things I appreciate about games a lot is being immersed in, in the theme and the mechanisms. And, and so when you pull me out of it and say, Oh, game's done, you know, and then score, it's like, it kind of pulls me out of that experience. But whereas you have this other, you know, the, you know, with a game like Scythe, or we can talk about Inish. That's another game that has these objectives that you're trying to accomplish and achieve. You know, you can see progress, and you can see it coming, and there's definite progress in the game. Um, but you you don't have this definitive, the game's going to end right now, so I need to make every last little move I make count. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. totally. And I, I really enjoy games with that mechanic as well. In fact, I do sometimes, to address your, what you were saying is, is your, your least favorite, when there's like a definite end to the game, I appreciate it with certain games. I especially think with certain... Um, I'm thinking like maybe like a Castles of Burgundy, like you you go through like five phases with five rounds or whatever. Sometimes it's nice, and while it can get annoying that last turn or two where everyone's kind of min-maxing, AP's a little higher there. When designed well, I think it still works fine. Like like you said, Lords of Waterdeep, it doesn't bug me in Lords of Waterdeep. That I enjoy, it doesn't kill the game for me, but it does throw me out of that immersion. But I will say, if, if there's anything else I didn't like about the game, that usually just kind of exacerbates it, like like oh okay, well now yeah. I've I've already kind of decided that like, but what to address your 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 talk about the objective base? Two games I was thinking about. One just because we've been talking about about it quite a bit, trying to get it to the table was uh, the Gallerist, in that here you have this game where the turns are pretty fluid because you have all these kick kick out actions and whatnot, but you you have these when when either i believe it's when all the tickets are gone you have to there's like three object three objectives and when two of them have, have happened game's over so usually what happens is at least the tickets go out because everyone's re- making a rush for the tickets mm-hmm. and then I, I know one of the other ones when, when you and chuck and i played when when you get two artists that become like a superstar and then there's i'm trying to remember what the third one is but i do like those because those are things that are Visible to everyone. I can see the tickets are going right. out. So as soon as that happens, in your mind, there's like a little checkbox that says, all right, one of the two, now there's two other conditions. I need to watch those. And, and you know, and I'm looking over there and thinking, okay, Brian has one superstar artist. And 
shucks, working on this other guy. Do I want to be the one to trigger it, you know, now because I think I'm ahead now? And so I, I kind of like that, you know, whole dynamic of I think, especially when some of the, when there's, there's some victory points at least that are withheld. And in that game, I think what it does really well is you can see your popularity. I think it's popular, um, no, fame track or popular. Um, I can't remember. It's, it's fame, pop, popularity, prestige. And, and you, you actually can spend those points for actions you have to. But um, you can see where people are, but then they also have some on their player board, some things that are going to score that you don't know. So it's a little bit of a hybrid well, that's, system. That's like Eclipse, too. And then, yeah. like, so you, you have your, your points that are on the board that you can see, like yeah. the, the hexes you control, things like that. But then you have those hidden victory points yeah. that you've gotten through battle and stuff. And I really yeah. like that, where I can kind of gauge where you are, but I have no idea what you really have hidden. So but what I like about the Gallers is – and. and um, and so you're talking games. about a, a scoring system. Is this your is this your favorite? Yeah, I, I really system? like this. I really okay. like like scoring systems like that, and then also mar- married with the fact that the players decide when the game ends, basically, because we can get very aggressive and, and reach that goal fast, or we might slow play because I think I can still get it faster. Even if even if one of you guys gets it, I think the extra turn or two, rather than me triggering it, is worth it for me to build up what I need to. I mean, and, and it's something else I think that maybe kind of does that is like uh, Terraforming Mars. I've only got a two-player game, and but there's three objectives that have to be completed. Everyone's working on those together. So there's a like a ticker on the game, a, a timer on the game. As, as those objectives get closer, the game's just naturally going to ramp up. Yeah, and so another thing about those is and people could point at that and say, well, then those games could just go on and on and on. But in a let's say a four or five player game, depending on how many people you have, there's going to be one person pushing it forward, you know, oh, yeah. like in, like inside, there's going to be one person putting down those stars and it's going to, you can't really sit back and, and slow play. You've, I mean, you've got to be keeping up, you know, to get the, to get all the points. Inside especially. And I, although I think just Brian said he won, we only had two or three stars on the board one time, right? I won with four stars and someone else got their six. Okay. So, so, but like you said, those stars definitely do provide a little tension because if you've only got two and someone's got four or five, you better be really efficient in your next few few turns because you have no idea, or you might even be able to look at what they have and see that hey, he's capable, he or she is capable of ending the game really soon. So yeah, I love the visibility of the of the stars. And another game that does that I think well is uh, Star Wars Rebellion, and you have a track in in the game that's the round tracker, but then. Uh, starting at the opposite end of the track, you have uh, this the rebellion support uh, marker, and as they complete objectives, they move their marker down towards, you know, the round marker that's coming up, and so you have this tension building as those two get closer and closer together, and um, you know the rebellion trying to pull off those those you know those objectives. Uh, yeah, they have they have objectives. objectives yeah, yeah, they're they're objective cards. You know, trying to pull those off at the you know to to finish the game. You know, and and seeing that like you're talking about seeing those stars on the board and seeing how many someone has, I love seeing that tension like uh, that, that 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 creates. So there's a game that we play a lot, or that I played a lot, and we we played several times as a group that almost always comes down to this and allows for someone to stall if they're in the right position, and that's Deus. And what's happened a lot is mm-hmm. um, in days one player tends to unless unless they know they're ahead and they want to end the game and it happens to be the player that's surrounding the last barbarian village, right? Otherwise, they're going to stall the game. They're going to not build that last piece and and their position. And this this happens more times than not. So that's why we I can honestly say it's a consistent strategy. Is oh, that totally. this guy? I know I'm ahead, but then I see this guy kind of build around the last barbarian village. When that last barbarian village is gone, the game is over. That's not the only in-game condition, but they know that, so they're not building that last piece that surrounds it. They're kind of slow playing. They're trying to build themselves up prior to ending the game. And since there's a second in-game condition now, it's like I'm trying to push for that second in-game condition. How quickly can I get that to happen while they're trying to slow play and build up since? And I've lost the game several times, or several, at least a couple of times, where I felt like I was ahead until that last moment when that last player had kind of a monopoly on that on that in-game condition and they slow played it till the end and all I was trying to do was 
push to end it quicker, but but of course they they usually got to decide when it ended. That's one place I love Deus. But that's one place that since it's happened so many times, I felt like, man, I wish I could end this game now. Like I feel like I've played the majority of the game really well, um, but I don't have control over when this game ends, or I don't have control over it soon enough. You know? Yeah, I, I think I was. But it's the all player, different. It's a, a little different. I like it. That was like controlling it. that last barbarian village. I think when we played at Criticon. Yeah, that was the last and time. Yeah, I ended you were up losing time. because Chuck was the time before that because. Uh, I was trying to slow play it, and then there was just like I thought I might have had a chance, and then I ended up miscalculating big, big time. But I like it. Like I, I, I agree with you guys. Game. I really, really like the the conditions. To your point, it does um, have a few flaws. Yeah, like, with that, that. that's one. That's one one place where I really feel I like one game. sometimes sometimes I just I love that game. I love that game so much. But sometimes I'm like I want to end the game now, and I can't. You know, I, I, I think most of those games. That's one where, like, one of the game-ending conditions one person can control. But, like, in a game, I know we keep coming back to Scythe. It's just a great game. But, you know, you can't control those that way. That's true. You can't. In most games, you can't control those uh, those objectives that way. Uh, so, but you're right. That is, like, if someone can uh, monopolize uh, one of those game-ending conditions. I mean, which, but the thing is, that's a perfectly valid strategy. It too. is a valid strategy. But I would can, employ it, it if I was annoying. that guy. Like, I, I would I would not have, I would feel good about employing it if I was that player that could do it. But you also bring up another great thing about that type of game-ending where you can be that person who can end the game, but you, you, you have to gauge it and go, okay, you know, you're trying to end it when you're winning, you know, and that's, that's tough. But it is tough to do. Um, yeah. Which is fun. I, I think that's fun. I agree. It's uh, fun. And the time I lost uh, against Shuck, and it was a two-player game on, on Deus, um, I was still pretty sure I was winning. So I wasn't, like, not enjoying the game. And, and I wasn't sad that I lost because I still felt like it was a good game and a good strategy on his point. It's never ruined the game for me. I just sometimes wish I had more control where I don't, but that's 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 fun of board games. That's not a flaw in the game. I don't think that's that's no. That's part of the game is that's that the, I don't have the, the control tension, that yeah. I want. You're, yeah. feeling, you're feeling that tension, and some and usually that tension's a good thing. Play Deus. Yeah, Deus is good. <laughs> Speaking of Deus, Brian, will you try this? I want you to try this. Uh, the Rar and Sons Bourbon. Brian doesn't. Uh, Brian is is. I'm always trying to get him to try beers and see if he likes these. I just want you to have a sip of that. And then give us an good. give us an on the spot review. What do you think, Bourbon Barrel Winter? Something 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 something. I can't even think anymore. It's Bourbon so delicious. Bourbon Barrel Aged Winter Warmer, and it's really really good. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Approved <laughs> by Brian really Squared. <laughs> Tasty. Gary, did we get into your uh, favorite win condition? Yeah, I, I kind of a shared uh, prefer Brian's with the the whole kind of player determined like you, big objectives, or, objectives or conditions yeah. where where everyone knows okay these these things need to happen. I will say something I'm not sure about. And I kind of want to get y'all's take about, and I know it's a game we've really enjoyed in the past. I find it both good and sometimes bad. Uh, like point, like a point value. Like say thing like viticulture. So viticulture, you get to 20 points, then everyone else gets to finish that round. And, you know, the, the tracker goes up to, like, 25 or 30. But um, That's good. He you know, Sorry, he's I a Belgian man now. So, <laughs> so uh, welcome to the club. Uh, so um, I tend to like that, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I get a little frustrated with viticulture, too. Like, I like the game, but there are times where – as you as you see every, all the points when you score points they're all visible to everyone and it's great, but I don't know. Sometimes someone gets to that twenty points, and uh, I mean it's a good strategy. You you just you do all these other things besides making wine that get you the points, but maybe someone else had the better engine. You know, like I don't know. There there are times where I find that really good, and then sometimes I'll play and I just find that a little bit. So in that game, you have to remind me. It's been a while since I've done viticulture. Is it? Uh, everybody has the same number of turns in that game. Is that the way that one works? Yeah, because what happens is after someone triggers that, triggers so, someone gets twenty points. Everybody gets. Everyone else gets to finish that to whole finish their season. round. Yeah, or a year, I believe. I believe they finish the whole year. So, so there's still a potential that somebody can still rock. And I've had ahead. that happen. Yeah, and, and and actually, it didn't bother me that someone came from behind. Because actually, we, we I think it was Jennifer Nealon. Yeah. No, I don't know uh, who you're talking no, about. But Jennifer, oh, okay. She's um, on one of our, our videos I'm, on YouTube. I'm, I'm, I'm messed up her last name. She, she's been married since um, and changed her last name, so you're forgiven. But uh, 
I remember we were playing with her, and she was she was one to like rock games very quickly. And mm-hmm. I think I got to twenty points, and then she came up from behind and like got twenty two or twenty three. Um, I actually liked that. It was it was fun. Like I thought I had it, and then someone took it. But I wasn't like that. That doesn't bother me. I guess it's just I'd rather have either objectives or or like a round tracker, because sometimes that point total I don't know. It, it just sometimes feels like like some I can't put my finger on it, but it can kind of sometimes frustrate me. Well, the round tracker is kind of switching gears at this point. Is the only real, I guess, in-game condition system, you know, whatever that I could really say I, I guess, talk negatively about. Because I don't really have like a, a thing I dislike about how games end that I could that I could think of. Maybe there is. Maybe something like risk where or monopoly where it goes on until everybody has everything and it's ridiculous no, monopoly but ends when someone throws flips the table that's true that's kind of cool but um that's like player elimination that's like where yeah yeah until but see i don't have a problem with all player elimination there's 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 a lot of times where player elimination's okay and there's oh, a lot yeah. of times when the stupid score pad's okay so i was trying to think man what do i hate about in-game oh. condition and the only thing i could really think was the round tracker which is something that it's actually what Brian's already talked about, and 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 so tr- to try to not to say the same thing in a different way, but I really don't think I can because you've already mentioned it. Is that you don't play the game the same way? So even in games you like, like Eclipse, I'm going to throw all my ships in to battle on the last round because they they don't score me in game points. So what's the use? So I'm not playing that round the same way with everything else. Yep. In in Small World, I'm looking at hey, I better throw my Better throw my race in decline in the second to last round because only because it's the second to last round, not because it's a good time in any other way to do that, or I would do that any other way. And uh, so I'm, I guess I'm transitioning to in-game conditions I don't like, and, and that would be um, <laughs> that would be kind of the the I I kind of don't like round trackers. So you don't like the point track in-game condition, but I'm saying that I kind of think the round track thing forces us to min-max and do janky things sometimes. Not so bad in Serenissima, but, but See, maybe I, bad I in other games. games. No, I, okay, so I can... I, I, for me, it's more like I forgive it in some games because for me, like, like I said earlier, it's like to me it's about like being immersed in the game. I, like, I go to movies, I read books for the purpose of uh, you know, enjoying that theme. Yeah, you need to try that, Gary. Oh, wow. Gary's going to give you the winner. He knows it. He knows it. We are friends. Um, we are old friends. This is an old yeah. friend. So, we're talking about the ale again. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who can't see. Hello, old friend. It was nice to see you again. We're just going to pass that I've, on the table I've now. I've had that once no, or twice, and it's so delicious. I, I, the forms of entertainment I enjoy, I do it because, you know, I do them because they immerse me in the, the thing. I, I don't want to get to the end of a book or something in... Uh, and get some dry uh, or different. So, like, uh, trying to think how to describe this. Like, okay, if I'm thinking about a game as a story, which I like to do because I I like games that tell stories. I like games that give you this, you know, uh, narrative. So for a little bit, I kind of get to forget that it's a game, and I get to just enjoy the theme and uh, and and do the things that I would do in that you know in that setting. Um, but then, like like uh, just Brian mentioned it's like you get to that last round and all of a sudden it pops you out of that theme and and said and and you get to make these decisions that are completely contrary to what someone would do if the you know if life was going to go on after uh round nine yeah round nine um it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't throw all your ships i love eclipse though yeah i know Ah. well see that's the thing it doesn't ruin a game it doesn't um it does not ruin a game but it's it it's just one of those little little frustrations for me but you know it has to be there because otherwise the game would be ridiculously long and, oh, sure. and, and then i would have never have played it in the first place but see some i'll say there's some games it works really well in and i'll, I'll tell you um i think like agricola it as as it starts out with you have like oh, 15 rounds of i completely agree it works well and i think because Cause, because cause I think, what, the, what it does is it reminds me that i'm in a game and not in a story but see i think i think with with agricola well, brian would never come back if it rosenberg <laughs> i think with that game <laughs> the game ramps up naturally there's a progression to the game you start out oh yeah it's gonna be tight but you've got like four rounds to to harvest by the end of the game it's like you've got one round to get it done buddy you know you either have better stocked up a lot of food 
or have a really darn good engine or be the first guy to that fisherman spot. So that game is very punishing the whole way or most of the way through the game. And, yes, there is some min-maxing. Sometimes you take that extra person. You don't really need them, but they're worth three points. You know, so – but for whatever reason, it works really well in that game. But I'll tell you, and that's still my number one game, but something that bugs me – I've – I realized it when I was thinking about this tonight, actually, just now. Um, the scoring on that game, mm-hmm. you need a pad, and it's a little convoluted. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. keep going, keep going. I want to get and, on this. And I've gotten used to it. Are we talking about the pad scoring now? Yes. Okay, so I've, I've gotten used to it. Like, it doesn't bother me when I do it, but I was listening to a design podcast I didn't. I didn't want to argue, yeah. I, or I didn't want to bring up pot, that because I felt like it was – Oh, no. It was a little it's picky. Coming up. No, okay, no, no, okay. No. Like, uh, I was talking – I was talking – I was listening to a design podcast the other day, and, or a podcast talking about design, and um, one, one the, the, whoever they're interviewing was, was mentioning that just because we get used to doing something and it doesn't take, you know, it's not that hard, doesn't mean that that's a good design. You know, like, in other words, having to, to do that, <laughs> like having to use a pad to score everything, and, like, I, I played enough times now, I've got most of it memorized, but... Like the first time you score Agricola, it's like another game. It's like, give me fifteen minutes, guys. Yeah. You guys go make snacks, and I'll get your score. Yeah, let's do our math. Yeah, let's so, do our math now. So it worked. Like so, that game's still really great. Still my number one game as of this moment. But man, that is like the sloppiest scoring. I mean, end game scoring mechanism ever. I think but there's so many great games that I like that have the pin and pad at the end. And I'm not talking about miniature golf. Like, that's probably the only place that I actually like the pad and pin is miniature <laughs> golf. But, um, but uh, what is it, uh, Seven Wonders Duel? Not Seven Wonders Prime, but, but Duel. Love the game. It's got the pin and pad. Five yeah. Tribes. Game's great. Got the pin and pad, and I'm like, "What is going on with this pin and pad thing?" So, um, so my, uh, so I want to jump on this because my, I guess my least favorite, and this is very specific to a game. Like I get the pin and pad thing; it's it's in a lot of games. But to your point, Gary, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good design. That just means we're used to it, and that's yeah. and it's a it's something that is fit uh, that solved a problem yeah. that, that you know that we're we're used to now. You know, you you, t- you just mentioned Seven Wonders and. Seven Wonders, that scoring in that game, actually, I ended up just getting rid of the game. I, I couldn't stand it because, and I'll tell you why. So in Agricola, it doesn't bother me too much. It still bothers me a little bit. But in Seven Wonders, you've just played a 20 or 30-minute game, and you're going to spend, you know, another 10 minutes figuring out your score. It's like, so this, the scoring of the game is, extends the game length by almost, you know, depending on how long you play it. I mean, it could almost double the, the amount of time you spent playing no, the half, game. half longer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, that like, and I get. I mean, that like, it's it's very much embedded in the design of that game, and you know, you wouldn't have that game without it. But it just wasn't for me. You know, like, that's very similar to that. Is the same complaint that we we saw that I heard other people talk about, which we all kind of mentioned. It maybe didn't bother us as much, but in um, between two cities, even though it's not a pin and pad, mm. it still has that. We're done with the game. Let's count up our points, yeah. which I still think uh, I, th- I thought about bringing up between two cities as a, as a scoring system. I liked because I thought it was another innovative yeah, system where uh, a lot it, like it a lot like um, a it lot like the elimination one with with Zidit, you can't just tank your your lowest, you know, situation. Um, if you don't know how that one works, I won't, I won't leave you in the dark. Uh, you got two cities and whoever, and you score the lowest of the two cities uh, that, that you were in control of. Therefore, you can't tank your one city and focus on the other because you're going to score the lowest of your two. That's how that works. But the, the point of this is when you're done with the game, each city has to score. So it's almost like everybody else can go get a drink while one guy kind of tallies up the score yeah. and it takes another five minutes or so i was always the one having added up when i took it and like i had people it never bothered me but i know a lot of people didn't well, like it i had like like guys go refill your drinks i'll be i'll be right here you I know want, i want to be perfectly clear too i like i said earlier i don't want to be reminded that i'm playing a game i i know i'm playing a game you know i i realize that well and i feel I, like by that time the game's over and i enjoy pin it. and pad time the game's over so it's okay right well it's still no it still takes it's you not out of, okay like it still takes you like what farmer is going to get a pen and pad out after he, you know, f- you know, finishes bringing in his crops and and, Depends like, on what and, kind of and figure out which farmer won? 
you know, farmer living in a stone house with eight know. cows. I, and like I said, th- this is this he is, wants those points, boy. Yeah, and this is me being, you know, a little over the top, um, like on that. I get it. I like playing games. I love games, but for some reason, it just bothers me. Yeah. Well, so what? What kind of game requires? the pen and pad situation because we see it a lot and and usually it's it's a table that's pretty intricate like there's there's almost like a point salad scoring system that's at the end say. right is yeah. that is that kind of how that kind of comes Generally. about if there's lots and lots of ways to generate points in the game and you're not scoring it during the game during the game like zaya or something right. like that yeah. if you don't have a point tracker on that side of the board or somewhere that uh, that you know what the score is when you get to the end of the game then you've got to have a way to tally it up see, that's the, the advantage of like a, a point tracker I mean, I know a lot of people get tired. Like, oh, I'm so tired of games with a point tracker or whatever, you know. Well, okay, then don't play those games. But also, like you said, it's it's easy to just go, okay, I get 10 points, 5 points, 20 points. Okay, here I am. And I don't have to – one player is not having to tally up everyone. Yeah. The alternative would be converting points to like what we see uh, Days of Wonder do a lot of times. Days of Wonder turns everything into a coin. And so – It's a currency, right? Whenever, whenever you score a point – Whatever the point may be, whether you acquired it one of several ways, it turns into a token, and that would be a way. But then, of course, you got to count tokens at the end. I guess the benefit to that is it's all one thing you're counting, and you're not you're not well, yeah, you don't have to add side things up it's, at the end. Money really. and like in the galleries, True. I was talking about you know like the fame yeah. tracker or whatever. But and if everything always comes down to money in the end. Like everything gets converted to money, and at least that's I don't know. I think that's that's the workable. I think that maybe a slightly better solution that i'm not saying like the pen and paper ruins it you can get the app there's like a dozen app trackers score trackers score f- apps for agricola here's what's weird i have the option of the app i've gotten to the point that i've just like com- resigned myself to the pen and paper the one unique thing about the pen and paper i keep track on my uh you know what bg stats app or whatever but it's cool, like opening that box, and I've I've kept every that piece cool. of paper that is from cool. every game we play. That's the one advantage of that is like I have this physical thing, right? I was about, like, yeah, I can remember. Oh man, you beat me last time, son. But then I beat you the time before that. You so, know, I'll but tell, I could also look that up. Well, I want to tell a quick story before. Uh, yeah. Before you, so um, and this this will make everyone cry. So my granddad was a gamer, right? And and when I say a gamer, he was a board gamer before board gaming was cool. And um, and it is cool. So is shut cool? up. So anyway, um, when when I was a kid, he would we would play board games. He'd also play video games. He's a cool grandpa. Like you don't have my grandpa. I had him. And um, anyway, he, he like he would like school me on Doctor Mario and stuff. But anyway, um, we we played this old game, and I didn't really get it when I was a kid. He he taught me a lot of board games, but one game that I didn't really understand when I was a kid. I didn't play it very well, but I own I own it now. I own his copy because he passed away, and I got his copy. It was Win Place and Show, and it's a horse racing game. And when my grandma gave me this game after she after it was after oh. we started Pub Meeple, and after like she heard that like I was really into this and stuff, uh, she gave me my this game that my grandpa loved, and I found a score pad. With my name on it, what in oh, the box? Awesome. Um, it was like had my name, and of course I lost the game terribly against my grandfather and my grandma. They they scored me, they schooled me on this horse racing game, but dude, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna razz pen and pad because I almost cried. Like when I pulled that out and I saw my name yeah. on the score pad from when I was a kid, and uh, yeah, like it was it was really it was really a cool moment. So I don't know, I don't. I, I think if the if the game is strong enough, then that little minor annoyance, like in other words, like you're saying, if if the experience is good enough, that one little negative little yeah. To me, to me, the if the game is if if the game is long enough, like it doesn't bother me hardly at all. Like I get, I mean, it's it's a little bit of annoyance in Agricola, but it it never really like for some reason Seven Wonders it just like, well, just, like half- the Seven Wonders duel. You still got to play it. Uh, you, it's, oh, I'll, I'll still play it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not play. It's it. It did not ruin that game for me, and 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 I don't think it's really ruined a lot of games for me. I didn't like Seven I, Wonders because I didn't like Seven Wonders, not because I didn't like the uh, the end game score. I wouldn't say that. That that yeah, especially the pen and pad would not ruin a game for me. It's just like a oh really? Yeah, if we well, had if we okay. had to come up with a thing we didn't like, that would let be me, the thing. Let me let yeah. me let me clarify real quick. The Seven Wonders experience that really did this for me was a seven player game of Seven Wonders. And so at the end you're scoring seven different people's all their different, you know, things. 
Uh, so I could totally see like a two-player mm. game. Yeah, that's the true. The scoring would be way quicker. But in the seven-player, like we have people getting up from the table and getting a snack, <laughs> you know, going and getting a drink, just like kind of milling around, talking, and like while I'm trying to score everybody's points. And then, then when they finally came back, no one really cared who won because it had taken long enough. Well, they were just glad you were done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I played Seven Wonders one time, and like I was like, well, I've played Seven Wonders now, you know, <laughs> like checked so, out off the list. So <laughs> I want to do it again. I want to, I guess, for the for the last my last bit of we're this. We're such oh. snobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I won't drink your Bud Light while I play Seven Wonders. <laughs> I want to play a story, not what a game. What kind of guy do you think I am? <laughs> There's like some like legitimate people who love Seven Wonders listen to it. Hey, we love you, and if you want to play Seven Wonders hey. with us, come over. I'll play with you. Uh, Gary won't. I, <laughs> I watch. He put up there with Taco Bell. <laughs> hey, you going to come IPAs. over there and play Seven Wonders, eat Taco Bell, and, and drink, drink a Bud Light or an IPA? <laughs> I ain't coming over, man. Uh, Certain things I don't want to do to my body. I'll IPAs hang out with you. And, and Taco, Taco Bell, man. I'll hang out with you. Don't worry. You have a friend at the So pub. I have a question for you guys. So this is kind of goes into my last. Do you, do you guys like you know completely visible scores where you can tell exactly where everybody is the whole game, or do you like it where the score is you know kind of obscured a little bit? I like them both. I'll tell you what man. I don't like. I don't like, and I don't know why I don't like this. I don't like a screen. That completely obfuscates the score completely. So, yeah, so completely gone. Completely. I like the coins that you flip over, and you don't quite know what the value is. That's really fun for me. I like that probably the most between all the iterations. But here's the thing about the screens. It's not that I don't like them because I don't like complete obfuscation. I don't like them because I don't like screens. I think it looks funny on the table. I just, I just don't, I don't like it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> about like, that. you wouldn't want like Alice Guy has screens. Would that ruin it for you? I just think it's funny. Like it's a funny thing to just like put up there. You got this screen, and it's just funny to me. I just think it's funny. It reminds me when I used to play Hero Quest, and the dude had a screen, and nobody else had a screen. I was like, why don't I get a screen? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can forgive the screen in that instance. I, I can. Uh, I mean, I. <laughs> Screens don't really bother me. I mean, it's I, just weird. It's like such a weird component. Yeah, yeah. It's the wrong podcast. We have a p- component podcast, yeah. and I'll say like That's screens nice. are weird. I, that I be, like that might be, that, there's I a good like idea. spinners, and I think screens are weird. Oh man, <laughs> what about you, Gary? What like where do you fall in there? Uh, I, I'm kind of like Brian. I'm neither one bothers me if it's implemented well i prefer to have a little bit of both i prefer to, to be able to somewhat gauge where everyone's at but have a little bit of hidden information yeah. if i have to choose i'd say a little bit of both yeah so i'm i'm kind of in the middle i i don't like completely hidden because i feel like you have no gauge of where you are in the game um i like in the middle because it gives you a gauge but it doesn't slow the game down by people like knowing exactly how many points they need so they're trying to you know count up exactly what they need to get there and that's the reason i I mean, I don't mind, like, in Ticket to Ride, um, in some games that have the scoring track like, like Carcassonne, it doesn't bother me too much. The gameplay's quick enough that you don't have a lot of that. But in a, uh, like a heavier game where the score is completely visible and people can just sit there and try to figure out how to make up that, you know, four-point gap, I get that that might be fun for people and good, good for you. And we're, we're very happy that – I'm very happy that you enjoy that. Um, but I prefer to keep the game moving and – uh, so, uh, like, giving me kind of a, a ballpark range of where people are, but not exactly what they have, and then kind of having that, uh, at the end of the game, that reveal, you know, is fun for me, too. So you really think that, like, for a game like Blood Rage, where you can see Gary lap me on the board... Um, oh, that felt so good. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> that you, uh, But at the same time, I guess because the way I play games, that doesn't bother me so much, because I'm not thinking about... How do I make up that four see, point See, if Shuck gap? was here. He would. <laughs> but see, that's – but I think that's like – I don't know. I guess even when I'm playing with him, I, I'm i not thinking on that level, and and I'm kind of almost unaware that he's thinking on that level. And so he gets to enjoy the game kind of the way he does. I get to enjoy the game the way that I do because I'm, I really don't play like that. And so – and I still win sometimes, and so it's okay. I don't know. Yeah, I can fall into it. Like if it's available to me to figure out, I can fall into that – and I don't like to. And then you just don't like it while you're doing it. Yeah. I just, See, I think he does enjoy it, and, and I'm oblivious to it. Sure. So yeah. I, I don't think it's ever bothered me that there's a, a point tracker on a heavier game. No, you know, at the okay, so at the end of a game, it doesn't bother me. 
none of this stuff really bothers me. <laughs> that's right. That's, are we are we really just like picking on things so we can right. have something interesting right. to talk yeah, about? Yeah, we're just yeah. we're just we're, we're we're making a podcast and so we're talking about this stuff like we really 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 care. But we really love games. Yes. Um, anyway, so no, it's not going to keep me from playing a game like that. But I greatly prefer something like at the end of Lords of Waterdeep, where you know what people's score mostly is, but then at the end you have that reveal of like, oh, oh man, there's so I many jumped thirty. There's so points many in-game and, points that like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so where so part of the part of the points are completely visible, but then part of them are completely you know hidden. That's another I would say. And that happens another. a lot in games with point trackers where the in game points tend to mm-hmm. have some either kind of catch up mechanism or or just hidden mechanism that's that's or, partly obfuscated the way we were talking about with yeah. kind of the coins and things. Or some kind of in, like yeah, at least I mean some of sometimes it's completely hidden and sometimes it's just obfuscated like in uh, where it's just harder for someone to sit and calculate, you know, right there on the fly what it would be. Like it's hard to in Carcassonne to look at the map and go I know exactly who's going to get all the farms. I mean, you could do that, but gameplay goes quick enough that the farm scoring at the end is a little bit hidden because I've had people sneak in and grab farms from me before, and I didn't know it, which is sad, but uh, it's happened. I, I think in a longer game, you need to have some of that uh, obfuscation because I don't want to know two hours into a three-hour game that I have no chance of winning. Yeah. I want to at least be able to fool myself into thinking that this bonus 10 points I got is gonna give push me up there where I think it's gonna you know even if you have 20 points sitting sitting you know behind your behind your screen oh man yeah um, I'm sure I, I do I, I do think that is that is a nice benefit because like there's times where you know or like if someone were to lap you in blood rage I mean you know that might not not that never happens that must not feel good either okay that's where I was gonna go earlier with that is <laughs> that you can see that in Lords of Waterdeep but you still get that in game Reveal. You might still and have what it. Takes. Yeah. So you still can. You can still get that. You know, I passed you. I lapped you. At, you know, at the at the end of the game, kind of feeling from a game that is partially visible, partially hidden. All right, guys. Well, I think we covered quite a bit. I think in, we in did that discussion. And the ending of our game ending talk. Yeah, that's the end of our talk about the end of games. Uh, endings. Yeah. Endings. No, no, not the end of games. We still want many games to play. Um, <laughs> many games. <laughs> So, uh, well, as always, thank you guys for listening. Check us out on uh, pubmeeple.com or youtube.com slash pubmeeple. Definitely check out that new uh, board game ranking tool we have. That, and that The ranking engine is uh, just getting better and better all the time. But as always, uh, thanks again, and uh, see you guys next time. Hasta la vista. Or hasta lasagna, however you like it. <laughs>